Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome back to the Keith Cheggers podcast. This is episode four. Um, I'm Hannah Norris and this is... Carl Donnelly, that's husband, <laughs> father-to-be. Hey, that's, that's bold and it scary. It is bold actually, isn't it? <laughs> but it's true. Yes. It's true. This is a podcast about pregnancy because that's what's happening right now to me and in our life. Um, and we have another guest with us this week, which is very exciting. Um, she's a comedian, an actor, voiceover artist yoga teacher <laughs> and a mum and an amazing woman yes. and um we've done some full moon we did a full moon ritual in the past well it's wendy wayson hello thank you for having me hi thanks hi. for coming and wendy also has three children three children yeah who are how old are they 17 15 and 8 17 She's 17 <laughs> i didn't realize she i'm going to start 17. lying about her age carl <laughs> why because Just it makes your... me sound really old oh, yeah, who yeah. has a 17 year old what kind of old bat as um, a 17 year old daughter. Well, you could just pretend you were a very young mother. Well, I, d- I mean, I, I mean, could not that you, you were a young mother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 39. Good evening. I'm welcome to choosing your words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, d- I do that a lot where I look at children. I often, we often watch things and I'm like, I could be their mum. I could be their mum. Oh, yeah, I could yeah. be their mum because oh, really? I'm turning 40 in December. So okay. if I'd had my first child at an earlier age, I could well, easily be mum. My husband and I were out clubbing in Edinburgh last weekend and a girl thought I was his mother. No. <laughs> I, don't, I was saying to Stephen, I think maybe she just fancied you and was trying to have a pop yeah. at me. I mean, because like, he, he is, Stephen is younger than he's you. He's 12 years younger than me, but yeah. I mean, I'd have to have got pregnant at 12. I don't you think know, he looks 12 years younger I was a bit of a player, no. but I wasn't that much of a player. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he looks 12 years younger than you. He looks, you know, I think... You don't I, look like his mum. Like she, she was being a bitch. She was being a guy, wasn't she? Yeah. An older sister at yeah. best. At with, best. With a, f- a healthy gap. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, stop talking, Carl. Stop talking. I think he's getting, yeah, he's getting baby brain going a little bit crazy. <laughs> I've been reading too many pregnancy books. Yeah. I've, I've gone mad. I, I just told you before. And you, you love it. Before. And you're loving it. You're reading loads of them. Yes. I've gone a bit sort of, it's almost like, you know, when you get a project and you're yeah. like, right, I need to learn everything. I've sort of got that psychology. Well, I understand that some people think that, but I never did. I never had that right. I well, need to learn everything. I've well, that's what that. Felicity Ward last mm-hmm. week. She didn't read anything during like her pregnancy. But that's also the po- it was the point of this podcast because straight away, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I don't know anything, mm-hmm. and I need to learn stuff. So you didn't, you didn't read anything. Or I was told I couldn't have babies when wow. I was twenty three. I had cerebral cancer. Yeah, and then so wasn't really that careful about birth control, yeah. and then got pregnant on honeymoon. I oh, really wow. with Isabella, and so f- like, I was kind of like, "What?" And you know, it's, I subsequently I found out that I shouldn't have been told that, but I just had made my peace with it. Yeah. I remember saying to a friend, a mutual friend of ours, actually, uh, Sean Hughes, I yeah. was told when I was twenty four, I said, "I can't have, I 
can't have babies. I'm, I'm, what am I going to do? And Sean was like, I think you should probably be worrying about getting a boyfriend first, Wendy. <laughs> 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 Which was a little bit harsh. And 100% yeah. Sean Hughes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, So yeah, I was told that and then went on honeymoon and came back with a hangover I couldn't shift and my jeans were a little bit tight. And then... Turns out Isabella was on the way. So wow. how how many weeks were you when you found out that you were pregnant? I was seven weeks pregnant. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know when the last period was. Not the most organised. I'm surprised every time I have a period. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but that, <laughs> for how, your I whole know, life. My whole life. But I think before you have, I don't know about, about you, but yeah. like before you have a, a like before you have period pains or whatever, you sort of have, you have this memory loss pill. You're like, why is my stomach really tender? Oh, Carl can pick it every month before oh, really? I do. I, I get sort of when I'm getting my period, I get a bit down on myself. I'll suddenly have a day where There's, I'm like, yeah. I can't. Oh, I'm it's no really good at anything. subtle. I can't do anything. But I think because you're so, you're very consistent with your emotions. Yeah. Just who, how you are as a, on a day to day level. Like Hannah is sort of super consistent, mm-hmm. you know. So that any, the most minute change in personality you can recognize as hormones well no i don't recognize it hormones i just i see it and i'm like that's out of character and then i just Ah. check the calendar i don't check check my calendar in a sense there's there's an app called clue that i find really useful that i put everything into sort of go oh i'm like i'm feeling really down today and i'm desperate for chocolate i don't even i don't eat a lot of chocolate and then go check clue like oh but that's what when carl would say he'll say to me do you think maybe you're getting a period and he's like no i'm definitely not don't you dare patch (laughs) and then about an hour or two later i'll go Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it is, I, you <laughs> know, I am always very sensitive with saying. I never would say like it in a negative way. I say it as an observation. Yeah, and it's one hundred percent correct really? every time. <laughs> I've never missed. But it's that weird thing I said to you this morning. I was like, still, right now, every time I go to the toilet, I'm still kind of expect to yeah. get my period yeah. because that's the that's way the it it's always been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and sort of that. Um, because it is, because it's week nine, you know, it's still early and mm-hmm. just going, or oh, what, it, you know, if you could do that and go to the toilet and something. I, I took a quite a long time to get my head around the fact that I was pregnant. My school friends were, because I was like 28, so I was the first of all my, I know that's quite late for some um, girls, but for, mm-hmm. for most of my friends, nobody got yeah. pregnant until they were like mid 30s. Yeah. Um, and they were quite worried about me because I was like, I've got an alien inside me. And they were like, no, Wendy, it's a baby, it's going to be fine. And I was like, but because I'd made my, I thought, well, if I can't get pregnant, I'll adopt. I don't want to do like loads of IVF or anything. Yeah. That's what I thought if I felt the need to have a baby. And then, so it was quite an adjustment for me to get my head around the fact that there was something growing inside me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, um, that, um, I'm reading a book uh, at the minute called um, The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read by okay. Philippa Perry. Uh, and she talks about how to, she sort of splits it into two different personality types of pregnant people who uh, are ones who love the excitement of this new development in their body and the other type of people that sort of initially see it as almost like an invader and mm-hmm. you know they sort of are a bit reticent about it I think eventually because I felt really really sick as well so with the Isabella I was sick till about 16 weeks that um, you wow. were throwing up and things throwing or was it morning feel- sickness or yeah. all day yeah. sickness just feeling sort of seasick and nauseous all day and then throwing up at night which it was great yeah just a great way to spend your life yeah yeah um and and then when that passed I was like oh I feel well again and then I felt really sort of I want to say fecund but you know what I mean that sort of full of life yeah, and just, yeah, yeah yeah and then I loved it after that and then the last couple of weeks of pregnancy you know they're not much fun but um, and then with your next two pregnancies did you have the same kind of morning sickness or was it different the boys didn't last as long as the as the girl did yeah but I still had a bit of sort of nausea yeah, yeah. is that is there an old wives tale about that as well about 
don't with know. There's a boy. I think I think someone said to me the other day, like about when you're feeling sick, if it's you are quite sick, then it's probably a girl. And oh, if really? You're not, then maybe really? it's. A girl. I didn't know that, but I, th- I guess like you've got more of the same hormones if you've got a woman inside yeah. you. Double the lady hormones. Yeah, double the lady hormones. Yay. Yeah, I couldn't park for my entire pregnancy. (laughs) Joking, that's a joke. That's interesting. Glad you said it. Yeah, 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 God. Um, We just had our first uh, appointment with a midwife today, Uh which is one of, it's such a funny thing that's going on right now because it's so early Mm -hmm. in the pregnancy. And yet last, so we we did IVF, which is Mm -hmm. how we got here. And we got discharged from the... IVF clinic last week and straight away she's like right so where do you want to give birth so it's this mixed thing of being so early in the pregnancy but also having to think about birth and midwives and things like that and when I went in today one of the questions she asked was about any you know illnesses or previous or history and I had abnormal cells in my cervix that Mm -hmm. I had to get removed six years ago and had the did you get them lasered or did you get them with a cream I got them lasered off um, and she was just like, oh, it's really good. You've remembered that and brought that up because we'll have to send you to the prem, uh, like to have a conversation with the prem people because your cervix can shorten, I think it was, mm-hmm. and that can make the baby premature. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just like, lots of people don't remember that they've had that procedure or see it as relevant in this conversation. I always think it's really interesting how they don't really dress up the language for yeah. pregnancy. I mean, for... Even in like terms, of, I always think that some of the ways they refer to us when we're pregnant sound like war terms. Yeah. So you can miscarry yeah. from an incompetent cervix or you can't get pregnant because you've got a hostile environment for life in your yeah, womb. Wow. But then friendly fire exists. <laughs> yeah. Collateral damage exists. And you're like, can someone give us a nice word for that yeah. shit? Yeah. But it just feels so harsh. Hannah's t- t- sort I haven't of used the G word on you yet. What's G? I got called geriatric when I was pregnant with Riley. Oh, my friend texted me that the other day. Yeah, this is a geriatric pregnancy because of my age. Because you're over 35. Are you serious? Geriatric. (laughs) Well, now I'm glad I know this because I'm going to be using that (laughs) I was just like, what the fuck? I know. Let me out of here now. And she's like, no, 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 no. Geriatric pregnancy is not a bad one. What does it sound like a good one? Yeah. But uh, Hannah was um, telling me about this book she's reading. Yeah, Um, so it's called Give Birth Like a Feminist by Millie Hill, who's a um, journalist, a, a British journalist. And it's very, like, it's it's a book, a lot about the language used in, in the birth room and about the patriarchal culture of it and trying well, to... I presume, and this would be, I don't, I'm probably speaking on behalf of my whole gender uh, and or sex, and, I, and basically it's, um, I think most, we probably all invented all the phrases, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It was probably male doctors... And blokes love a bit well, of war, innit? We would love well, a bit of war terminology. Days, I think the men used to get like sent out the room and the women cracked on with it, but then they wanted access, I guess. And so yeah. that's but the when we became... Tr- I, I feel like there's a, a great book, I can't remember the name of it, I'll, I'll um, look it up and mm. email you it later, about how um, men wanted in on it. Yeah. And so we were start, that's when we started to be treated like we had something wrong with us rather than in peak physical condition because we're growing a human. Yeah. yeah. And you have to be in pretty good shape to be growing a human. Well, this is a lot of the ways that... Um, there's, there's lots of scientists and doctors who are called the father of modern birth or the father yeah. of this. And it's like, no, women were doing that for ages yeah. and then a, a man's come yeah. into the room and sort of learnt about it. So you're doing it wrong. And, All right, cool. <laughs> and written a paper and then becomes yeah. becomes known for being at the forefront of Because we're too busy bringing up the kids yeah. that we've grown that you've told us how to give birth to. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, like you are saying, you are quite sick at this stage mm-hmm. do you remember uh, other things or 
things that helped you get through. You were saying something about feeling like you just had a hangover. I felt like a really bad hangover. <laughs> I felt like I'd been hit. Also, I don't know if you've ever had, um, like I used to take hay fever pills and they'd say, this can make you drowsy. And I was like, okay, and you take them and you just feel like all your limbs are really heavy and you go down for a five minute nap and wake up three hours later just going, what the it hell? Was, yeah, I said it's like jet lag. I went to, I went out to a gig and had like left Hannah just watching telly on the sofa seemed totally fine a little bit tired and then Hannah messaged me like an hour later saying when you literally the moment you walked out the door I passed out for 45 minutes like proper it's a deep, out deep for the sleep, isn't it? yeah but then when you think as I said earlier on when you think um I just said it before we started recording yeah <laughs> when to get an idea of the sort of rate of growth you go through when you're growing a baby my obstetrician told me that you have to place a matchbox next to St Paul's Cathedral <laughs> and if you do that and have a look you do go my god no wonder I'm tired yeah. did you say you went and actually did it we though? did it yeah <laughs> I wanted to cheat I was like all right let's get because some I'm I'm quite a visual person so oh, I'm kind of right. like I want to see this yeah and it is extraordinary. I'm lazy enough that I'd rather do that in my head. Okay, well, well <laughs> done you for having line. a very active visual imagination. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I just can't <laughs> go to yeah, East yeah. London, essentially. Oh, East London? Well, no. it in, St. Paul's is... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in the city. In I the always city. think of... I think of anything past Oxford Circus as East London. Because <laughs> <laughs> we live west. You travel so much that you could just carry some mat- a matchbox yeah. and then... I'm sure there's a big thing wall somewhere. Yeah. And at every stage of the pregnancy, I'll put it next to a sort of a yeah. suitable building to yeah, get the, the churches of pregnancy and then create a coffee table book about it <laughs> take photographs <laughs> me and my <laughs> but yeah I was 28 when I had Isabella and then I was 31 when I had Max and I was 38 when I had Riley yeah and I did notice a big difference with being older but then what, also what, as what? I was told much to, much more tired yeah but then also I was looking after two kids yeah, like yeah, yeah. the first oh baby you're God, looking yeah. after a toddler like yeah. the first baby it's all about the first baby because you're mm. just you know drinking peppermint tea and eating all the right stuff and then second baby like i'm gonna have the odd glass of wine yeah and third baby i think maybe it was the first time in my life that i fell into the government fags. advice for the amount of alcohol you should drink in a week <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh he seems fine yeah um because <laughs> we're gonna get shit for this aren't i but um well, that's okay that's government advice but so when i went to the doctor he said to me what do you when i was pregnant with isabella he said what do you do and i said i'm an actor and he said oh oh uh <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't give up drinking altogether while you're pregnant because it'll be so much of a shock to your system that it'll cause the baby more stress. No way. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not far off. It's, a lot of the actors we know that would be like, Stress is the worst thing for a baby, so just keep calm. And if it's a glass of wine that does it, chill out. Yeah. They try not to have a cigarette. It's like, don't smoke. That shows quite a good insight. Not that's some human understanding rather yeah. than just going these are guidelines and this is what it has to yeah, be like yeah. like a strictness and going you know there might be things in your and lifestyle. different cultures have different things you meant to avoid like we yeah. were when we went to when Riley came along sort of he was like 10 years after Isabella mm. they had invented this thing called a baby moon which didn't exist for the first two kids we have to go on a holiday before the baby's born I was like I get to go on a baby moon we went to the south of France for a weekend and uh, the waiter said do you want a glass of wine and I was, I was quite heavily pregnant I said, I can't have wine, I'm, I'm pregnant. And he said, oh, no, 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 in France it's fine. You can have wine when you're pregnant, you just can't have salad or blue cheese. <laughs> and I said, okay, I've got some wine. And as he walked off, Stephen says, I think it's important we remember he's probably not a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the wine? I had the wine. Yeah. I had a thing the other night, I was going out in the evening and I was, t- I was tired and I went, I think I'm going to have a can of Coke, which usually I love, like I love coffee. I would drink coffee every day and I haven't been doing that. I haven't been drinking coffee. I haven't had any caffeine. Um, and I was like, and on my way to the station, I looked up on the NHS website and it said, you can have 200 milligrams of caffeine 
coffee a day. And that a normal cup of instant coffee is 100 milligrams. Okay. A can of Coke is 40 milligrams. All right. So I had a can of Coke and then I was like, Carl, I can drink five cans of Coke a day <laughs> <laughs> if I want to for this whole time. I he, did not you don't want to do that. He forbade me. I, not, I would never forbid <laughs> My baby too. Yeah, but I don't want it to come out addicted to Coca-Cola. Well, you know, there's worse things it can come out addicted to. That's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's. Um, I think be kind to yourself is one of the. Well, best this is the thing. I think. I think ever. that thing you said. I've read that in a lot of the stuff I've read about stress actually being. Stress is much worse for mm. uh, your body just in general than having the old glass of wine, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there was a thing. I'm going to look this up because I'm going to get the name right, but I'll, I'll come back to it in a minute. Um, I did my. So usually I'm a very busy person, and I I like being busy, and I'm always. You know, I've got, as well as being an actor, got a billion different other jobs. Um, and But just in this last, so I, but I haven't been working, but I did my first work shift just at a local cafe on the weekend. So it was a six and a half hour shift. It was fine, but I got home and I had to, like, I think I lay down for six and a half hours <laughs> afterwards because <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, that, was, that was just being active in that way for, for that amount of time. What was your, were you working? Did, I was what, working, I was film. I filmed coupling when I was pregnant I was I filmed a part as a sex shop assistant in coupling and I was thinking this, this, this feels pregnant? wrong no 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 I was no. just like I must have been about 10 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. and I filmed that um but I was really yeah I was really tired and really sort of I just kind of felt jangly you know when you've had too much coffee yeah and you're a bit uh, I felt a bit like that yeah but um yeah I, I worked a fair bit I wasn't doing stand-up so it was just acting jobs yeah so you know <laughs> It's not like real work, is yeah. it? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Don't tell the actor who's upstairs. I said that. I think he just left the house. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I um, but I remember like I slept a lot with when when I in the early stages. Yeah, I was really tired with. So baby, I also got told that did every time. Did you do any stand up while pregnant with any of the? Three? I tried to start stand up when I was pregnant with Max. Yeah, and it was back in the days where you could smoke. Yes. And I walked into the comedy club to try and do my, one of my first open spots yeah, when I was yeah, yeah. about 12 weeks pregnant with Max and the smoke, I was like, uh, 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 I can't yeah. do this. Uh, yeah. So I started stand-up when Max was six weeks old because I couldn't okay. do it when I was pregnant. And what about the third time round? Third time I did. Riley. I constantly worked. So I you, did, you were gigging a lot as I well. did two shows at the Edinburgh Festival when I was nine months pregnant. Oh my word. I did, the, I did a run at the stand. What year was that? I, 2011. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011. Yeah, I remember, 2011. I remember, yeah, I do remember. So I did a, a, an afternoon show and a late night show and I was at the stand and they were running a book on whether I was going to get, going to give birth on yes. stage because I was working really hard. And three weeks after the festival, I gave birth. And how was the sort of, uh, you know, the, the adrenaline spike? I don't think it's as big. Some people assume stand-up is like constant, oh, the buzz man, but oh actually it's God, not no. what people think. But you, there is still a mild... I think I think there's a spike in adrenaline. I think what I find exhausting after the Edinburgh Festival, especially when you do gigs at night, is that you do gigs, you do other gigs to sort of promote your own gig, and there's a spike and a slump and a spike and a slump because you get ready to go on stage and then after you've done your gig, you're like, and I found that quite yeah yeah quite significant when I was pregnant with Riley. Weirdly, I did a show um, every a late show every night at like eleven o'clock. And the walk-on music was Beyonce's Crazy in Love. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Did, yeah, yeah. did it. And I could and I'd stand in the wings getting all ready with the other, getting all ready to go and getting all fired up because we'd start and we'd chat to the audience and that's quite high energy. And then uh, when Riley was about six months old, we're sitting here and I'm feeding him and <laughs> Beyonce Crazy no. in Love came on the radio and he went ballistic. <laughs> 
And I think he must have yeah. heard the music and I must have felt we're Your anxious about something. We're, yeah. we're, 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 we feel something. He went nuts. Crazy cool. in a good way or crying? Like, so. We've just sort of, no, not crazy, just sort of really active. He got up yeah. and did 20 minutes of Yeah, 20 up. minutes. <laughs> he did a tight 10. <laughs> He's actually probably had more stage time than most new open spots. Yeah. He's done two shows a day at the Edinburgh Festival for a month. Um, what yeah. were you telling me the other day about when a baby start or they start hearing? I think it was 18 weeks in, when, in utero. Yeah. They start mm. being able to hear So that's things. when they recommend you actually start having a chat to Well, them. our friend gave me this lovely little bell when I was pregnant with Bella. It was a little ball that you oh, see. Yeah, in quite I know. I've seen them in, in the pot. Yeah. And you wear it. And when yeah. your baby hears that, when you move around, it sort of has a little sort of soothing yes. jingle. That nice bell. And when the baby comes out, and I used to jingle it up, and Bella would, would hear it. I don't have it, Mac. Though also, the funny thing is, when you have your first child, it's all about the first child. Yeah. And when you have a second child, it's all about the first child. Yeah. When you have a third child, it's all about making sure the first child. So you do everything for the first one. And yeah. baby number three, Riley probably went to one baby massage class, whereas Bella was like baby massage, gymnastics, <laughs> swimming. She did the whole thing. But with Riley, I was just like, shut up and get on with it, mate. We've got stuff to do. <laughs> He's crazy in love. Yeah, just have just, a good yeah, time. Have it. Dance to Beyonce on your own. <laughs> um, that's another thing that we've been talking about at the moment because at the moment it's sort of planning next year mm-hmm. and going over to Melbourne for the comedy festival which I'm going to be working that but then deciding if I want to do roadshow afterwards which takes me up to about 35 36 weeks and we spoke to Felicity last week she was like I could not have worked like she's like I didn't give a fuck about work she stopped working around that time but she was mainly mm-hmm. writing but you were on stage but I had done it three times, like I had done it twice yeah, before. Right. And so yes. I knew what was ahead of me as well. I think when they, with your first baby, I, I wouldn't make too many plans because you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's going to be ahead. You don't know what you're going to feel like. You don't know what's going to happen further down the line. You want to be looking after yourself and yeah. looking after your baby because you can pick up work whenever, <laughs> what? I'm not along. Sorry. I, I, no, because you're saying, I, I again, I don't want to, I'd never want to sort of say to Hannah, I don't think you should do it. Yeah. Like, it's because it is absolutely, she's doing all the work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, uh, but but with uh, our Australia trip, I did start saying I think extending it might you know you don't know let's not predict how you feel take maybe it'd be good to take some time off and I'm trying to push for more leisure time. Yeah, and it's a really precious precious time. There's, that, it sounds really wanky, but it is a lovely like being pregnant. You've got a wee pal with you all the time. Yeah, and you can have a wee chat, and you don't feel like a crazy person because you're not just having a chat to yourself. You're talking to your baby. Yeah, and then there'll be a little bit of movement, or like you'll feel like when the baby has hiccups, mm-hmm. your baby has hiccups inside you, and you see the little, you see the little tummy jumping, and it's just yeah. the sweetest thing. Can yeah, they, and that's sneeze? your wee thing. I don't know if it can sneeze. I don't know. I, I remember hiccups. Oh, yeah. It's I, Carl's baby. It can probably. Oh, <laughs> he loves. I love a sneeze. <laughs> I've got a real high sneeze count. oh really I do, like daily I, do, I whack out 20 I sneeze 30 sneezes a day minimum sometimes in a row legend yeah, so. um I, just, I don't know I mean with I felt the need especially with stand-up I think I'd started to make a name for myself and I thought I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to be right back to square one because stand-up's not like being a doctor you don't just qualify and earn your wings mm. if people don't see you they Gone. just assume you're not doing it anymore and I was fearful of that primarily because I'd had two kids and then had to really struggle to to work again because I had to bring money in because I was on my own with two kids. Mm. So then when I had when I got pregnant with Riley, I thought I'm not doing that again. Yeah. And now I kind of feel like now the kids are a little bit older, um, they need me more. Like babies need you to sort of do everything practical for them, but teenagers need you there emotionally and they need you to be listening and to talk to them and to be present. 
And the amount of times I have to say to myself, you don't have to do this gig, just be there when, like, I had to call up Hills Jagle once because I came home from, uh, Isabella came home from school and she was like, mommy, we had sex ed at school today and I've got a few questions. And I was walking out to a gig and I was kind of like, you know, there's no manual on parenting. Yeah. But the one thing is when your kid says, I want to ask you something, yeah. you just clear the diary and no, let them ask you stuff. The way you say that up, I thought you were going to say, right. I'll put hills on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> There's one woman I know who knows about sex. There's one woman who knows about sex. <laughs> no, don't keep that in. Cut that out. Hills. She's an old friend of mine. She'll understand but it. But I that did was a start joke. to say, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. I've, and I explained and she was like, no problem. So she put me on like, later. And we yeah, just yeah. went to have a hot chocolate and a chat about it. And well, I thought that one of the great things about what we do is you can go, do you know what? Family and babies and this is, more imp- is so much more important because... Yeah. Careers are really transient and sometimes you're in the sunshine and sometimes you're in the shade and it doesn't really matter because what matters is what you're growing and what you're yeah, making yeah. for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it's, I mean, it's definitely something, you know, the fact that I'm 39 and having our first baby now, I mean, I, I wouldn't have wanted to have a child at another time in my life. One, because I wasn't with Carl yet. Thank you. And that's that's good, a good thing. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing that we're together now. Um, but also, I've, I've definitely prioritised career and my life. My, I've only ever had to look after myself mm-hmm. in my life and put my kind of priorities first and not... So I've never really had a pet or anything like that. Never had to think about anyone else except for myself. Never had a pet and then I'm going to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have started with a, a pet. It's a, it's a big pet. It's an important pet. Babies are a lot more portable than dogs. Yeah. You can take them on planes and stuff. Yeah. True. That's what... They don't mind them as much in restaurants. Yeah. Some restaurants they do though. I don't like you at all of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My kids have always come to every restaurant with me. And I think people top tip just bring them with you all the time because then they get used to being in a restaurant and, and you can't expect two kids to behave the way that you want them to behave in a restaurant if they've never been in one before yeah true so you have to go this is what i expected you in this location mm-hmm. run around like your hair's on fire in the park you're allowed to do that but here we sit quietly like okay, and do they tend cool. to they, they get on with it yeah. I'm like, or we can leave you at home <gasps> come it's <laughs> good it's good my parenting but that's what they yeah and they've always come out although riley's He's a big fan of dinner. He's going out for dinner. But that's another story altogether. <laughs> How old is he now? He's eight. He's, He's eight. Eight-year-old who loves restaurants. His best mate, his best mate at, at school, his dad has a, um, a restaurant. Yeah. And uh, after football, every Wednesday, they go and they have dinner in their usual table. Ha <laughs> ha, oh yes. Where is it? I took a picture of it last night. That's them sitting and having their dinner. <laughs> um, and has he got, has he got a good palate? Yeah, he likes most things. He doesn't like creamy stuff. Well, yeah, here's a weird thing. I um, was, I've was i fed the kids everything. And if you're breastfeeding, it's quite good because they get a little flavour of everything that you eat. Mm-hmm. So I was more aware of things that disagreed with my baby once I was once they were out and I was breastfeeding. Okay. So like if I ate raw onions or, to, or raw tomatoes, Isabella would have a really messy nappy. So I, couldn't, I didn't eat that. But then, so you, you get more aware of what's going on in their stomach when you're feeding them and when yeah. you're giving them food and stuff. I did, um, I did a gig yesterday morning for mothers and babies mm-hmm. and I got chatting to one in the crowd and I, I said, what, have you got any cravings? Or and did you have any funny cravings? She said raw onions. She, um, when she was pregnant, she used to just peel onions and eat them like an apple. Wow. Yeah. Which and with, is, with, with um, Isabella, I was like, Jaffa cakes and apple juice is what I wanted, but with the boys it was all salt and, <laughs> salt and vinegar crisps, but like not, but really salt and vinegar. Like you know the sort of the the, the flavor that would normally I'd go. That's yeah, too yeah. Strong. yeah. I wanted the really salty, 
Yeah, well, Hannah's liking a lot of um, beige food at the minute. Yeah, oh, really? I'm, I'm really, I'm definitely, because I, usually I eat a, a real variety of food, vegan, but so often like I love having kind of rainbow plates where there's green mm-hmm. food and there's lots of different colours on it. Um, definitely lots of greens. And at the moment I can't, I don't want to eat them at all. Like oh, really? I'm not, I'm not getting cravings. I'm definitely getting aversions. I don't. I don't want to eat a lot yeah, of this stuff chips that I usually and, like bread. So carbs, but the carbs yeah. are because you're growing something. Yeah, you need the energy. But the other things like you're eating like you're hungover actually. I suppose <laughs> yeah, that's there a you thing. Go. Like you're on a stag do. <laughs> <laughs> can I get you any from the shops? It's eleven a.m. Yeah, I have a kebab. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, can I get have lemonade? And chips. Oh, yeah, lemonades one. That's a few. That's been requested a few times. I had, to get, nice, a, I had to get a late night lemonade last night. Oh, really? <laughs> a a, a garage lemonade. Love it. But yeah, definitely not. Yeah, aversions. That's what I've learned. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Backpush. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Suppose my Thursday bashing head like this. You can't tell me what to do. You ain't my mother. I love when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up with a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box. Delights Pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Great big owl. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm doing acupuncture, which I mm-hmm. I like doing anyway, and I've, I did it throughout the IVF and I'm kind of keeping it up at the moment but just sort of every three weeks maybe mm-hmm. which I really like I feel like it's a like kind of checking in with my body like that because in some ways mm-hmm. feel kind of feel kind of disconnected just knowing that something's happening but going well this is what I was going to tell you about earlier on and I looked it up because I found out about it in the sort of later stages of my pregnancy with Isabella and it's in France um because I spent quite a lot of time in France there they do that on not in the NHS but the, quite a lot of mothers are aware of a thing called haptonomy and that is where you go through the process of pregnancy, not as you're growing a baby, but as you you guys doing this together. So you're getting to know the baby and the baby's getting to know you. So giving birth is not something you do. Giving birth sounds like the baby's got no part of it. But this is the first time you're doing something together. Yeah. I like do you know that. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And it's not like, yeah. right, I'll get you out. It's this, let's, you know, let's see what we've got here, kiddo, and we'll do it together. 
and it's sort of you welcome the baby into your heart and then you talk about you talk to the baby about something that you're doing together because you're doing this together yeah it feels like you're not but you're doing it together and I remember like when I was being really sick <laughs> saying to the doctor I'm just worried the baby's not getting the nutrients that it needs and that my <laughs> obstetrician said Wendy this baby will take everything it needs from you and it will yeah. leave you with nothing <laughs> and get used to it because it's going to happen for the next yeah. 20 years. Yeah, it's called haptonomy and I, th- I find it fascinating. The, the haptonomy. haptonomy. Yeah. It's, um, it focuses on personal well-being and it's the science of affectivity, which is human behavior and social interaction. So you're interacting with your baby and no, giving birth is the first thing you do together. I really like that that's yeah. a real, I'm going to look into that for sure because there's a like Carl was saying yesterday from this book how a lot of women about the idea of an imaginary friend yeah they'll ch- and I'm like yeah but it's not imaginary yeah. it's real <laughs> it's there yeah, yeah it's not yeah, an imaginary yeah. friend I'm talking to it every now and then yeah. and um kind of definitely feel uh, a connection yeah see I always yeah, feel like that I always wonder if mums have got like a nine month start on dads when they get to know the baby because yes you're both pregnant but you are aware of every change and everything your body's going through so you kind of become a mum the minute you're pregnant yeah and dads become dads the minute well concretely when yeah, the minute totally. they're handed a baby but I, think that's I don't why mean to be negative about it but no I not at all I, I, I think that's why I'm sort of you know I understand I can't physically uh, experience it so that's why I'm sort of doing that a dad thing of going well I'll just read all the information yeah. then, won't I? Like, I'll, I'll get don't this. worry babe I've yeah. got the instructions <laughs> yeah, here exactly I think on a sort of some sort of level I'm thinking just do the reading that's what you that's really all I can do try and get into the mindset understand the psychology of it and are you going to the appointments together yeah yeah and do they direct all the conversation at you or do they include Carl um I think like today we saw um a midwife, a midwife for the first time and I think for about the first five, ten minutes, I think she was directing it at you. And then I asked a question that was quite good. <laughs> not not going to blow my own trumpet. Oh, my but God. It was a, <laughs> you no, asked a good question. No, well done, Carl. What I mean Carl. is, it was something, I, I, I think it actually she, it made her realise I was invested. I wasn't yeah. just there. And then she actually started opening it up to both of us. You know when um, Which, we, But at the same time, I didn't, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, that I get that for that, yeah, most of that is directed at you. Of course it is. So I understand it's not for me. But there's a few bits, I think. Because Stephen felt like you and he felt, I remember, actually, I've just remembered when we got, so I did my pregnancy test and I was like, I'm pregnant. And Stephen's like, yay. So should we go and do another, go to a, a, a doctor's and just double check? And I was like, sure. So we went to that place in Soho that's a walk-in yeah, se- sexual sex. health clinic. And I went in and she said, yeah, so you're definitely pregnant. And, I, and we were like, yay. And she went, and is this good news? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and she looked at Stephen and went, but you're so young. Oh, my <laughs> word. Like, you two wow. get a lot of that. Um, yeah. Well, no, it's funny. I think because it's the opposite way. A younger yeah. man, a younger man with an older woman is unusual. People haven't got yeah, their heads around that. Whereas a six-year-old man with a twenty-year-old wife, everyone's fine with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was thinking with that. I've just finished watching Mad Men. I'm a bit mm-hmm. behind the times on watching that. But um, in that, you know, set in the '60s, where a lot of the appointments say. Um, if one of the women is unwell and they'll go and see someone, the doctor talks only to the man. Mm. And if it's about anything to do with her, she's not part of yeah. the discussions. So it must be, that must be a newer, um, that must be an advance in, yeah. in the kind of system. That the well, yeah, I think they probably realise that it, that's a, they need to correct that. And, and, I, and I was looking, so then uh, in two appointments time, there's one that I have that says woman only. So 
Carl's not invited yeah, to that one. So I'm going to be uh, right. protesting outside the, the clinic. I'm not sure, but but when I was thinking about it, I was like, that could be interesting. If you were in a relationship that where a man was, was controlling exactly. or abusive yeah. or didn't kind of was making his own decisions on what would, he mm-hmm. thinks is right for you, that gives you the opportunity yeah. to, to voice The midwife said, when I had Riley, when Stephen went downstairs to make coffee, because when you have a new baby and everyone comes to look at you, look at you, visit you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and look at you and look at the baby, yeah. um, the health visitor did say when he went downstairs, and this, you know, there's often a rise in domestic violence after a new baby's come into the house. Wow. Is there anything you want to tell me? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. She went, okay. And I was kind of, I remember at the time thinking, that's outrageous, but isn't it great that there's something in place yeah. if you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because it's almost like, it sounds a bit insensitive, it but sounds, it's also, it's almost it worth them covered. being slightly insensitive yeah. just and taking a little risk just to catch like, you know, those moments where it does, at a moment of openness, a woman goes, actually, there yeah. is, there is something. Help, help. Yeah, 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 well, that's yeah. very much, the, the Give Birth Like a Feminist book is a lot about how, yeah, in the birth room, like feminism doesn't really exist there. Mm. And that, there, it, it is much more common between kind of white middle class women who feel like they're able to ask for things and um, not just follow what they're told has to be done or not just accept procedures or examinations. Whereas, and, and there's something like the the mortality rate for black women is, is much so higher yeah, is, yeah. Than, with, than with white women. And, and so it's talking about how... Even if there's even if there's things you just are happy to go along with in during the birthing process, it's good to keep speaking up because that that opens the conversation mm-hmm. for all, for other women as well, yeah. and to make that more accessible to to more than just the people who are educated yeah. or, or who do feel like they're the able he- to stand the up for what they want. Health professionals also more open to being questioned if it's happening, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I when I first. Um, went vegan when I'd go to restaurants and I'd just I'd kind of like look at the menu myself and try and work it all out and didn't want to say I'm vegan can I have this whereas then I realized at a point I was like if I tell them I'm vegan then they know I'm vegan and they'll make they'll make more vegan options on the menu the more they know that's a thing it will become more available normal and it won't be like you're being difficult yeah and also that I think with the the NHS it's amazing but I think a lot of people have still have a sense of I know I do when I'm getting NHS treatment for anything I feel like almost bad for asking extra questions I'm like this is amazing this is just paid paid for by my taxes I'm not paying actually at the moment of whatever but you are in a but yeah it just doesn't feel like you're paying for it and that's why I don't say the question that I asked the midwife was about home births Mm. I just I assumed because it's the NHS they would really try and put you off a home birth uh, because of the cost uh, of it. So I just asked mm-hmm. in terms of home births, is that something you advise against or is it something you're actually quite supportive of? And she was like, oh, that's absolutely, yeah, we're really supportive if that's something yeah, you're you're into. you're not using up beds, are you? Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. I suppose there's Sorry. that, but I just asked out of curiosity. I felt like, let's just see, because I assumed it would be something the NHS mm-hmm. are against. And, I, and yeah, she was really cool about saying yeah, it's something to totally consider down the line. It's not something we'd advise you against. Yeah, which again is interesting because in the in the book it's it kind of suggests that once you get in the system there's that there's that suggestion that, that women have been made to be fearful about birth mm-hmm. and from the images we see you know, on TV or the images that we have through our culture is screaming and lying on your back yeah, with your legs screaming. up and, and that kind of that kind of thing, whereas it doesn't have to be that and And also that's not a good story. like I went in three hours later I gave birth it was fine. Yeah, that is not an interesting story, no. is it? No. Was that was that what was, were yours all quiet? No, no. Well, be, well, with Isabella, I had an emergency C-section. Yeah, um, 
and the it was funny actually because the my obstetrician said, you know, I look at you, Wendy, and I wouldn't think your hips are too small. And I'm like, thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> so many people are rude to you. Fuck, fuck, fuck all these like, people. I think they think I can take it because yeah. I give it. And I'm like, oh, slightly wounded, but I'll carry it. Um, she was nine and a half pounds, so she was quite a big wow. baby. And then... I think that's what I was as well. I was Really? I was nine pounds... Yeah, no, that's think. a big baby. Yeah. Did you cesarean? I was a cesarean because I, I, I was sideways. I was transverse. Well, well um, I think mine was just my mum was just lazy. <laughs> she's four foot eleven. Yeah, she's sideways. I think my mum. I think my mum had. Lazy. I think Hilarious. my mum had had to have an emergency C-section with my brother because right. she's so small. I think with me, she just went just. Just less preemptive. Well, they said to me, um, your second baby, we've done all the tests, and your second baby's only about seven pounds, so you should be fine. And I was kind of like, they want to do what they call a trial of scar, which is to sort of see if the baby's going to come out naturally or if it's going to try and come through the scar. Oh. But um, I said, right, okay. What is the trial of scar? That's just kind of letting the birth begin and see where where they kind of head head towards I believe literally. so I don't know that's what they call yeah. it a trial of scar once again lovely Lighting, fluffy language for pregnancy and birth <laughs> war um, war yeah. war <laughs> um, yeah trial of boundaries yeah. but um, and they said the, this next baby's much smaller and I had said and I, so his due date was like the 31st the 30th of July and I'd said um, well if he comes before then let's let's just see if he can come naturally but if he doesn't come until after his due date I want a c-section yeah because I figured that's the best you know that'd be the best thing um and I was worried about going through my concern was worried I was worried about going through all that labor because I went through I was in labor for like 14 13 hours with Bella mm. and then I had a c-section and it's quite it's quite tough being in labor for that length of time and then having an operation yeah so I was kind of like well not only would I have been laboring all that time and then have an operation I also have to look after a two-year-old so yeah. If he doesn't come on his due date, can we just go in and get him out? And they were like, no problem. And he came out and he was at 11. So oh, he really? wasn't, yeah. So he was still a big baby. Wow. Yeah. So I would have, I probably would have had to have you, another emergency. You had a vaginal birth or you had a C-section. No, no, he had a yeah. C-section. Yeah. Like, oh, all three all were three. C-sections. Mm. And then by the time the third one came, I was like, no, nah, we're going in and we're taking him out. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, eight, The three. scar's already there, yeah. mate. Just yeah. They go in the same No trial, no trial of the scar. I was like, where's the, where's the scar going to go? And he's like, we're just going to go in the same one. I'm like, oh, I thought it might be like a ladder. Where they work up your tummy. Or on the bedpost. Is that one? If you get number four, it's like a hashtag. Winning. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, what have you got? Um, so I was going to ask um, just any sort of things I should. I had obviously as having had Stephen be with me for like the full time last time, and like what would you know? He's similar age to me now, isn't he? I don't know what you're twenty five or something. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty four. He's younger than me. Jesus Christ! <laughs> of course he is. I'm thirty seven. Yeah, he's thirty four. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, what 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 should I be doing what things should I be what's the best thing I can do to help Hannah through this um, exciting time I'm trying yeah that's I'm trying that's one thing I'm, I'm really trying to do is nice. to use language that sounds sort of positive I think what's quite nice is like I don't know about you but I'm not very good at chilling out and relaxing so mm. Stephen would come home and go I've got your massage I'd be like, I don't know I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm driving you to massage that kind of thing making sure you make time for that there's stuff that you I don't it, that, that you think that you have to do that can wait everything can wait there's not you know you're growing a human. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty exciting. And it's, it's and it's a big gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really big gig. Yeah. So, you know, I think we worry, we want to be superwoman and have the career and have the relationship and have the baby. And it's just like, just take the foot off the gas. Yeah. And, and let yourself be looked after sometimes. Yeah. It's, that has definitely been a challenge for me. 
I found that really yeah. challenging. And yeah. then Stephen was like, you're not doing two shows where you, but don't tell me what I'm not doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did, and I wouldn't, if I, I wouldn't do two shows again. No. I was knackered by that. Yeah. And also I remember like the last couple of gigs I was doing, you know, in a stand-up gig when you can feel the audience flagging and you just crank it up. Yeah. I, I had nothing, I had no, no. I know I had no gas left to put, I was like trying to crank it up and I was just spent. I was absolutely yeah, yeah. spent. So I had nothing left. So when, after the festival, I was lying on the sofa. In fact, I was lying on the sofa, I was exhausted. And then Sarah Bonetto called me and said, Jerry Seinfeld's closing the comedy store. And I was like, I, I, I can't move. Yeah. And, I, and she was like, but Jerry Seinfeld at the store. So Stephen put me in a taxi <laughs> really? to go in there and waddled into the store about 11 o'clock at night with all the other comics that yeah. were sneaking into. I remember that closing. night. I remember getting the same message Did from somebody you? going, do you want to go to the store? I was like, I think I was watching like... You know, some TV show. I was like, yeah, nah, I'm all right. Did you not go? Nah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I don't you think you understand. I'm, like... I'm very good at relaxing. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to impart this oh, onto I Hannah. See. Just, you know, be like my zen like yeah. nature of relaxation. Self care is health care, yeah. as they say. Yeah. I've yeah. heard that before. That's good. Yeah. Tagline. <laughs> but it is, though. And you just yeah. kind of like, I think we're, if you're creating your own work and you're looking after people and you're organizing people as you do, you yeah. find I, that difficult just to sort of. Let go of the reins. I've just sort of one other question. I've, I've thought before I was going to ask you because obviously since then, now you're you trained to be a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. You've got into some more slightly holistic yes uh, therapies. But I thought I, like I did um, acupuncture one up like before. I've always been sort of kind of yeah. into the sort of but with all the woo-woo. stuff you now you, you know I mean you two going off and doing your moonlight ceremonies. Yes, they yeah. are cool actually. I'm quite jealous. Um, but I have done one once on my own. Yeah. I made a great stick. Let's not talk about that. Lou and um, I realised how powerful the last one was that we really? did together because there's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, uh, but, it's really but, interesting time. It's a full moon now. It's full moon in yeah. Taurus. Oh, and that's is, all yeah. about taking care of yourself and eating good food and chilling and having a bubble bath and doing all those nice sort of com- celebrating what you've completed. But yeah, so with all that in mind, the things you do now, was there things you would potentially recommend like... In, in those well, worlds. I like the idea of the haptonomy, like trying to sort of, when you're meditating, sort of speaking to what's in your, you know, yeah. your, to your baby, that like having, bringing your meditation down and speaking to your, your baby, uh, I think would be a great thing to do and really yeah. helpful for both of you. Have you ever done yoga nidra? Yeah. That's the type of nidra. meditation that where you, it's, yeah, it's a type of meditation where you actually physically put your focus on individual parts of the body. So you might start at the top of the head. And you actually physically aim your attention there and you sort of move it down your body, move it down your left arm, move it to your hand. And you can literally just sort of do the whole meditation practice as every moment you're you're putting all your energy into one point. So and that would be start, that's something that could work. sleep where you feel like it's a rejuvenating sleep. When you wake up, you just feel like you've had two weeks rest. Wow. I love it. I love yoga nidra. It's a really good thing. Yeah, I've totally. I've not thought about yoga nidra in ages. Haven't you? So I'll, I'll, I'll look some good ones. I, up know, I bet sound baths Hannah. would be interesting as well when you're pregnant. Well, we went. I went last week to oh, one from our go, friend yeah. Sarah's, and um, and uh, Hannah was a bit put off because you'd done it before and yeah. didn't enjoy it. Oh no, it was just I found it very strong when we we went and did it the is, sound bath. It's overwhelming, her, I think. About a year ago, I think, and yeah, I just found we after we left, we had some food, and then we went into. Oxford Circus and we went to JD Sports mm-hmm. and I <laughs> yeah, you had a meltdown. I almost yeah I, I had I was like it's too bright there's too many noises like all the sounds yeah. in there 
And I I pushed past a yeah, store employee did. to get out. I was like, I have to get out of here right now because because you're so receptive it, to that yeah. right now. That comparison yeah. <laughs> from I had to apologize. Why did you go to GD Sports sorry, after? Yeah. A, uh, sorry about it. She just had a sound bar. Did you? <laughs> I don't oh, think that, no. that apology works. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's super relaxed. Right now, <laughs> as you can see, all my vibrations. That it was like. <laughs> I tell you what, Bella found the other day there that I had kept throughout her pregnancy but I didn't do it for the boys and I should have done was a diary of how I was feeling and yeah. about how the scan and I, d- I did a show when I was pregnant with her and I've got the clippings in it I did a show with Phil Nickel and Sarah Kendall a play yeah. and I've got the flyer for the show and I've got the review and I've um I've, I've written a diary of it all and she loves re- she's 17 now she, she reads it and she's like mom, yeah. you, mom you sound so little you sound so naive and it's I mean, I suppose I said that to Hannah the other day and she was saying this podcast was her idea for a way of documenting how she's feeling as well as on the journey getting advice from people who've been through. But things like um, where you find out when you're pregnant and how that emotion and what you feel and talking about picking any... I put a list... I've got the list of baby names that I was considering. What other ones were? Well, I went on home to Florence. So Florence was going to be one. Uh, What else did I like? I liked Felicity. But Isabella's story with me Felicity first, so that was quite cool. Yeah. Um, I can't remember all the other ones, but there was loads of them. Sort of, but and then, had you found out, did you know she was going to be no, a girl? No, I didn't know she didn't. I thought she was going to be a boy. Um, so you didn't find out this? I didn't say. find out. Yeah. Isabella was sort of a late entry into the uh, the list. And mm-hmm. then I was watching, there was a, there was a long com advert song with Isabella Rossellini. Mm-hmm. And she kept coming up on the TV when I was in labour. And then Isabella came up with just big pink lips. And I was kind of like, she's an Isabella. <laughs> I just met her and she sort of, I was going to look at her. Yeah, huge book lips. I really like that sort of idea of when you meet them, like not not deciding on a name until you meet them and then being like, oh, that's who they are. Yeah. I, I really like that sort of... I think it's nice to have options. Riley was going to be either Cooper or Riley and he came out all sort of um, laddie. That's like more of a Riley than a Cooper. <laughs> yeah. He just sort of, you know... Yeah. I think it, there is that funny thing of... You know, because I can I can imagine that happening, but then you know, seeing a baby and just a name coming out that I'm like, oh no, <laughs> they can't be that. I hate that name. Yeah, but, yeah. but you respond to it somehow, yeah. and it's like, that's the name. My friend Tara Flynn said that it's really good to put it into a sentence. So she was like, when we were pregnant with Riley, we, when we were pregnant with Riley, we were putting names in sentences, and Tara said, Riley Hagen. Oh, I knew your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that works. Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah. We just do, we do a bit of like that thing where you rhyme it with something and go, oh no, they could never be called that. Well, that's, but also so I like do, I do teasing. You bully, I do teasing. bully things yeah. where I put my, I put my sort of, um, I put it into the voice of a bully, what they would say to that kid. I always think that, but then why would you put your kid in the, in the firing line for a bully? Well, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm trying and to you remove that, that name. Do you yeah. remember, do you, but, but every you name ultimately then, is bullyable, isn't I've it? I've got a friend whose little girl's called Isis and you can't see that coming, can yeah. you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's well. It's all dying down now. Though. Let's give it five years. That'd be know, great. I mean, it's a lovely you name. Girls, the girl's called Alexa as well, and with the oh, no. Alexa. No. Well, you just can't buy a smart speaker. But also, you just don't know what's ahead. No. I mean, there might be some. Yeah. Yeah. There you... might be something ahead for that we don't know what's going to come, and all of a sudden there's that. Yeah, you got a little Harvey. Well, that's why they like, reckon oh. that one of the theories as to why the name Gary's died out is because uh, you know, there was a, two yeah, years yeah. ago or something. It was the first year ever there wasn't a Gary registered on the uh-huh. census. Which is why we have a girl <laughs> yeah but they reckon it um gary glitter might have been the starting oh, really? point of the gary name dying off no matter how popular gary lineker and all that are they can't yeah you can't wipe out a pedophile you, yeah. you? <laughs> as i've always said yeah. Yeah. i'm sorry if i think pedophilia trumps footballer gary sorry about that <laughs> we can't end on pedophilia no i know <laughs> um 
Oh, uh, I, I got my baby on board badge this week. There oh, you go. did you? Yeah. It was a thing. I was I was on the tube the other day and I was like, oh, I wonder. Because I, I assumed you got. So I thought one of the reasons, ways I thought you got the badge was you just went to some sort of scan and they were like, here you go. Here's your badge. Yeah. Do you have um, to ask for it? You, ha- you just apply for it from Transport for uh, London. Can you confirm? But you don't have to oh do anything. You, have to, you don't have to provide any actual no, evidence. No, there's no proof. Pregnant. You just have to say, this is my name, this is my address. Can I have a badge, please? I thought you'd have to give some sort of proof that you're, you're pregnant. pregnant. Nothing. So, so I got I'm a badge. I might get me one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, mean, also, I, I thought there were the... I had these I ideas that were a shock on <laughs> if I'm walking along with a baby yeah. on board but she's like honey have you got anything to tell me <laughs> let's go to some sexual health clinic let's go to Soho again I love that lady <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know when I'm going to start wearing that I feel self conscious about oh, the do idea you feel self- yeah, no. but then I really wanted to have a t-shirt that said I'm pregnant not fat because I was convinced around about 11 weeks when you're allowed to tell anyone that you're mm-hmm. well, I didn't want people going mm, when is born weight yeah. I felt back in my 20s when weight gain was important to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the, um, at the birth centre place today, they weighed me and it was 64.5 kilos and she wrote down 65. I was like, <laughs> yeah. 64. Round oh, down, God. please. <laughs> Round <laughs> like, that down, bitch. Yeah. I'm going it's through not, enough without you calling me not fat. 65. <laughs> Stop body shaming my baby. Yeah. But then having to go, oh no, it is, it is a baby. That's what's growing. That's why it's... Okay, you can round it's it up. It's a pecan. That's... Isn't that the size now? Come yeah, on. that weighs about five kilos. It's a five kilogram pecan. <laughs> it's the biggest pecan oh, on earth. Placentas and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's apparently that's what's growing at the yeah, moment. Placenta, which is why... blood, extra blood. Yeah, but the placenta's really happening. That's when it's starting to grow right now, which is why they're tired. The placenta's is... really happening. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really happening. <laughs> that's why I've been a good level of tired, which... I'm but it all works out know. quite well because I remember around about six months you're like, oh my god, how's this baby going to get out of me? And then by the time so you get cool. to sort of nine months, you're like, I don't give a shit. Just get it out. <laughs> Pull it out of my ear if you have to. Just get it out. Let's trial that scar. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Well, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. That's Thank really you. great. I've written. I'm going to be looking That's... into haptom. Yes, that big time. right up Hannah's street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to predict be, a, that'll be the next big craze. I'm a haptonomist. Yeah, I'll have read three books about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you so much for talking to us today. And we did, we were, maybe at one point we'll come back and talk to you and talk to Stephen and as well because Stephen we were... Daddy. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, because yeah, it's that thing of at the minute, it's so early that mm-hmm. I think Hannah's focusing on finding out what she's about to go through, really. Mm. And I think once we get, for, you know, it gets towards the end when it's actually going to come out i think we should start maybe getting some parenting tips yeah <laughs> when we're in that yeah that point when it's like okay let's just do this and what do we do once well, that's it that's done. there's only so many books yeah. i can read before actually you have to start <laughs> doing practical library. stuff yeah so thanks very much you're very welcome and um yeah next week we'll be back again cheers <laughs> thanks bye My name's Pete Allison. And I'm Dave Cribb, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends. Each week we invite a guest on, ask them to pick their favourite episode of Friends, and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends, and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice, and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.